Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, too many crises, too little time, and too little sanity. Are you sick about hearing about the wall? (laughs) Well, uh, we're going to be talking about that today, but from a much more enlightened perspective, a much more analytical perspective, not only me, but with my guest, Dan Perkins, who I'll introduce in a minute. Um, it is overwhelming the amount of uh, amount of of German drawing in the news. I mean, it's it's so um, you know it's making everyone walk around feeling a lot more anxious, and um, because everybody is so angry at each other. I mean, you know, it, it used to be that. Uh, you know, news is usually bad news because uh, the media knows that that's what sells. But it has gotten to be such angry news, and angrier and angrier has, as time has passed uh, before the 2016 election and certainly since. I mean, it's like uh, everyone is out to get Trump, everyone except the people who voted for him and the people who agree with him, like myself. Um, but, you know, I, I often think... And think about it yourself. You know how sometimes, like, maybe you've been to a party the night before, and that night when you go to bed and you're thinking about it, you think, oh, I wonder if I, you know, if I offended somebody or if I uh, was bragging too much or I did this or I did that, and people aren't going to like me. And then, you know, you, you, you make, um, think about it, keep it, it may keep you awake for a while at night. I know those kinds of things keep me awake. <laughs> And um, so I try to imagine what it would be like to wake up every morning as Trump when you have, and, and I, I don't want to say, it, it seems like it's the whole world or all, at least all of America, even the whole world, um, but because of so many, most of the media outlets are against him. And nowadays when you read a story, um, I mean, certainly you know what channel you're, well, if you know what channel you're turning into on television or on radio or on on the internet, um, you know their general political slant. But like if you're reading um, an article on the internet, for example, and you didn't pay attention to what, um, what outlet that was, uh, you need to check that. You know, and then you start to read something about Trump and it seems it's all horrible. Oh, he's so bad because of this and because of that. And, um, and so then you have to go back and check. I do. Um, what is, which, you know, is this CNN or... Uh, or, or a whole bunch of other outlets that seem to want to get him. And this is the problem. We're going to get into talking about the wall. We're also going to be getting into talking about, because tonight, Tuesday night, um, Trump, President Trump is going to be going on television at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and um, talking about the wall, making his case to the American public as to why we need the wall, as if this is necessary since he got voted in um, with one of his biggest platforms being the wall. So, you know, I don't know why everybody's so surprised. And again, not everybody. I mean, prim- primarily the Democrats. Um, and we're also going to be talking about something that really, really has gotten me very angry. I mean, I'm all to the wall, but something that has something new that happened that got me really angry this week. And um, I think we're going to be seeing more of this. And I think I'm hoping that something will be done about it. And that is um, our newest, one of our newest Congresswomen um, elected to the House of Representatives from Michigan, Rashida. Um, she's going to go by her first name, right? You know, like Cher. <laughs> it's going to be Rashida. That's what she's aiming for with her, uh, the way she's trying to get attention. And we're going to talk about her and um, her, her language, and um, I think she should have her mouth washed out with soap, and I really think she should be recalled, if that's the proper term. Whatever the proper um, legal or political way of doing this is, I think Michigan should uh, recall her or do it in, in the proper way. Perhaps my guest knows how to, 
<laughs> what the proper terminology is for that. But it, she is an embarrassment to America, to, you know, people. Well, we'll get into her later. We're going to start with the wall. We're going to get into her. It's just that she makes me so angry um, because, because this is just going to be the beginning of, um, of not only foul language and uncouth behavior, but her, her motivation for running and her uh, agenda and all that is really very, very um, frightening. So let me now introduce my guest, Dan Perkins. He has been on before. I'm happy to have him back. He is the author of a trilogy called The Brotherhood of the Red Nile. It's about the Islamic nuclear threat of terrorism against the U.S. Um, he is also a nationally recognized expert on terrorism in uh, national media. He's a contributor to such outlets as The Daily Caller, Newsmax, The Hill, and so on. So, Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back with you again. You're very welcome. So, I know I, I, know I just spewed out a lot. <laughs> I, couldn't, sure. I couldn't keep it in any longer, but why don't you start with just whatever reactions um, you have to some of that. Well, let's, let's start with um, the way the Democrats... Uh, have been treating Donald Trump from before his inauguration. Um, most of the media research bureaus will tell you that uh, about 93% of all the press coverage in the United States mainstream media is anti-President Trump, has been from the beginning. And so what is a, what is a fundamental change that has taken place in our society. And that fundamental change is that we have people called the deep state who are in power in Washington, D.C. And when Donald Trump decided he was going to run for president, nobody thought he would win. And then he won the primaries. Then he won the, 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 uh, the Republican candidate for president, and he won that. And then he actually won the election. And this hate is being driven by the fact that he is an outsider. He's not even a politician. And he's threatening what it is they do. In addition to that, he's doing things in relatively short order that the bureaucracy would like to take months, if not years. Let me give you a quick example. How long have presidents and secretaries of states in this country been trying to get any kind of a decent dialogue with the Kim family in North Korea. Decades. Yes. In less than two years, not only does he have a, a dialogue with Kim, he has a summit meeting, gets him to stop the testing of his, of his nuclear devices and his missile development, and is looking for an opportunity to try and help him grow his country, not militarily, but economically. Now we, we, we look at what happened uh, again, which is not supposed to happen so quickly. He met with the leadership of Mexico, the leadership of Canada, the leadership of South Korea, the leadership of Japan, and the leadership in Europe in negotiating all new trade deals in less than a year. Now he's mm -hmm. in the biggest trade deal of his life, and that is China. But people don't understand that when you have an executive like Donald Trump, he is a progressive in the sense that he wants to get things done and move on, not bureaucratic. And so this, this hate is not only about what he is, but how he does what he does, and that it's uh, abhorrent to the bureaucracy in Washington to do things so quickly. There are people who measure campaign promises and the most recent polling data I saw that Donald Trump had completed 75% of the promises he made in his inaugural address. And there are many presidents who are lucky if they get 10% done. He's got 75% done. So he's, he is a, a dynamo. That, again, doesn't fit the diplomatic structure and the political structure. Now, whether he's hated around the world or not, I, I don't think he is. I think he is the first president in many, many, many decades 
who has stood up to the world and raised the issues that everybody knew needed to be raised, but never raised, whether it was with Kim, whether it was trade, whether it was NATO, whatever it is, he's raised those issues and he's got, he's brought about change that offends the, the operational status of how the deep state and the political process is supposed to work. So they have to go after him. Now they've, they made a mistake. They made a huge mistake. They believe by attacking the president, they were indirectly attacking his supporters, and therefore his supporters would collapse and move away from him. Now, one of the things you talked about was the wall. Uh, Rasmussen reported today is Tuesday, yesterday, that in a survey that they did of 1,000 registered voters, both on the phone and online, something like 7% were in support of open borders. 7%. That means out of 1,000 people, 7 agreed with the Democrats and 993 agreed with Donald Trump. What they don't, the Democrats don't seem to understand is that in their position on the wall, they are saying to the American people, it is more important to us to try and preserve illegals than it is to preserve Americans. And they mm. don't know that. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest mistake that the Democrats are going to make is tonight. Donald Trump is going to speak about immigration, the wall, and all this stuff. And they're bringing out... And I, I, I have a phrase on my website, political correctness is not always correct. Uh, so I'm not going to be politically correct. The response oh, for the I, president's... I'm against that as well. Okay. Go ahead. The responders to the president's comments tonight are an old white woman and an old white man. <laughs> yeah. And Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi and her waving of her hands and her fingers and pointing, she basically has said without any question, I will never support the wall. I'm not going mm-hmm. to give the president what he wants. Mm-hmm. And she missed the point. It's not what the president wants, it's what the pe- It was one of the two the top 5 issues in the midterm elections was border security. And when the Democrats say that illegals are more important than the people here legally, they have a serious credibility problem, and they're going to realize it tonight with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer trying to defend the Democratic position of favoring illegals versus legal residents of the United States. Number two... Mm -hmm. I look at this and say, you know, you talked about how there's people are angry. I, wait, I wait, can I just you, stop you? Can I just stop you? Can I just stop you there before anytime. we go to number two? Because I wanted to say something about that. Um, you know, I think the reason why they are making these mistakes um, and don't realize it and all that is because they are so caught up, the Democrats, and especially especially in this, at this moment, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, although it's been that way with them for quite a while now, they are so caught up in um, personally, like uh, it's, a personal, it's a personal vendetta uh, that they have against Donald Trump. They are so blinded by that, trying to bring him down, that, um, that they aren't able to see what is best for America. Like if he said... You know, whatever he said, um, something that that one couldn't, uh, you know, theoretically dispute, they would still find a way to dispute it because anything that he says, they want the opposite. And that is um, that is a big problem. And that's that's not just with them. I mean, yes, in particular about the wall, they are key players. But sort of in general with the women's movement and all of that, all these people, um, it's, it's so much about his personality and the fact that he is like a bull in a china he has been i mean that's i'm you've said it in a polite way but he is like a bull in a china shop and i'm not saying that as a bad thing but i I mean that's how he's been able to get all this done that you were just talking about 
but that right. does um, tend to rub people the wrong way. And but he doesn't really have. He isn't really a um, uh, what like, like a diplomat. He doesn't. He, that's his not not his way. He does things in a very you know, much more aggressive, get things done kind of way, which is what this country needs. Um, and 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 all of these things that you talked about are so important and valuable. And and you know, his say, just make America great again. America first. I mean, that is what this country has needed. We were going down the tubes with Obama. And, um, and, and, but, you know, you're not you're supposed to be nice and you're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to say that the, uh, the, you know, these other people, these other previous emperors had no clothes, you know. And so he does, he has, it's a personality thing. It's like, plus it makes them look bad because he's doing so much in such a short time. And what have they done? Right. Absolutely. And so what, what, what's happened, um, in, um, I know you're a lot younger than me, so you probably don't remember this experience. Um, when Ronald Reagan was running against Jimmy Carter, and uh, I happened to be out of the country at the time, and I was in Germany the night of the election when Ronald Reagan beat Jimmy Carter. And the, I was staying with a couple, and, she, and he came in in the middle of the night and said, you have a new president. And I said, what's his name? And he said, Ronald Reagan. I said, absolutely terrific. What happened was that Ronald Reagan took what happened with Jimmy Carter in the four years that he was president and the malaise that the country was in. We had the, the uh, uh, Iranian hostage crisis. We had 21% inflation. America's best years were behind us. All of that negative news that we lived with for the four years of Jimmy Carter changed the day when Ronald Reagan was elected president. The whole psyche of the American people changed positively. Now, we had George W., who got involved in this whole crisis of housing and mortgages and everything else. And so at the end of his term, when Barack Obama came in, he came in with the concept of hope and change. Well, he didn't deliver hope, and he certainly changed our country. But after eight years of that, we became delusioned about America again. And, and Donald Trump came in and said, I want to make America great again. And what happened all across the flyover zone between New York and California, people stood up and said, yes, I'm going to vote for that man because he believes in what I believe. And so yeah. the yeah. constituency... He's changed that, and he's, and he's put people back to work and created jobs, lowered taxes, all these things, none of them which are the, to the, can go to the credit of the Democratic Party. So the Democratic Party stakes a claim, and they're saying, this is what happened last Friday. I don't know whether you heard this. We had 312,000. Wait, wait, wait. Let's leave that on a cliffhanger because um, we need to take a break. I don't know if you heard okay. the music, the break music, but we need to take a break. We will come back to that when we come back. Uh, my guest is Dan Perkins. He is the author of a trilogy called The Brotherhood of the Red Nile. He is also an expert in Islamic terrorism, and uh, we will be right back. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. 
Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about all the chaos in the world, particularly focusing on the wall. And we will be focusing in a little while on Rashida, um, the foul-mouthed congresswoman. (laughs) Um, My guest is Dan Perkins, the author of The uh, Brotherhood of the Red Nile. It's a trilogy. And he is also um, a columnist and a writer for various other news outlets like Newsmax and so on. So before the break, he was starting to tell us about what happened this past Friday. Go ahead, So what happened this past Friday is that the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that we had 312,000 new jobs created. Almost double what was anticipated. Now, I don't know whether you heard the Democratic response. They said that it was too fast, too many jobs. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. The, the Democrats were saying <laughs> too many this jobs. Too, too many jobs. And then we had the manufacturing data that came out and too much manufacturing. So they couldn't, they couldn't find anything positive. They, their complaint was that we were creating too many jobs in this country. We're creating too many jobs. But that's symptomatic. How is that? How could that be? A, how could that be a complaint? I mean, what what could be the problem with too many jobs and too much productivity? Are they trying to say that there's going to be um, uh, that it's going to affect the economy in a negative way somehow? I mean, I don't see that. Well, they're, they're basically saying that it's it's not it's not good for America to grow too fast, and we're talking about three to four percent growth. So then you have then you take that and you add to it. Um, the situation is we have um, all of this growth and we have people going to work and Hispanic, Hispanic unemployment rates is historical low and blacks is close to historical low. And um, he continues to do all this stuff and it's too much, it's too fast. He needs to, you need to slow down the economy and you need to do all these things. But what's happening, this is, as a, as a psychiatrist, I think you'll appreciate this. The flyover area is excited about what's going on in the United States. They feel proud to be Americans. They are not mm-hmm. anti-American. They're pro-American. And Donald Trump is the person who said, I'll always have your back. I'll always do what I can for you. And they believe, now think about this, what I'm about to say. In the first session of the Democratic House, they passed a memorandum of impeachment, which has to go to refer to the, to the Judiciary Committee. They want to increase the, the individual income tax to 72%. They want to take the corporate tax from 22% to 33%. And they want to eliminate the Electoral College. This is day one. Now, if you're, wow. if you're a true American, which one of those would you raise your hand for? None of them. None of them. None of them. And that's why they're, so, they're, out, of, they're out of whack. We had today, uh, Mayor de Blasio for the city of New York said that New York City is now going to provide free health care. Free health Really? How is it going to do that? And um, by this is what he's going to do. 
He's going to charge everybody who can pay. You ready for this? $178 a year. Okay, yeah. And the city of New York is, is not insurance. The city of New York is going to pay the bill out of the general funding of the city of New York. Now, can you tell me what doctor you can go to for $178 for one visit, much less for an entire year? I don't think so. So, no. so we have all of these things that are showing that the true nature, the true nature of the Democratic Party, at least those that got elected, is socialist, Marxist, communist. Yes, but I wonder, yes. doctor, I wonder, doctor, how many people hearing what happened the very first day of what the Democrats want to do would have buyer's remorse? Mm-hmm. Because they feel like yes, they were lied to, they were manipulated. Mm-hmm. Well, now, yes, you mean by the people who ran for Congress and won? Is that what you mean? Yes, yes. By uh-huh. the Democrats who ran for, uh huh, yes, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, talking. Um, let's see. I just want to. I want to get get to that because I want to talk about Rashida talking about the first day and so on, but. Um, um, let me just see. You know, I'm just looking at my notes. Um, you know, getting getting back to the wall. Um, what do you yes, think? Ma'am. One thing that's gonna it's gonna come it's gonna come up tonight, of course. Or it's, I mean, this whole thing that's sort of we're on this cliff. Is Trump going to use his emergency powers? To, um, to, I mean, to call this a, a national crisis, use his emergency powers, and get the wall done that way if, if he can't get it through Congress. What do you think he's going to do, and what do you think he should do? If he genuinely believes that the, the lack of border security is, in fact, a risk to the national security of the United States, then he has to declare a state of emergency and get it built. But he has no other choice. Well, and I think I he believe. does think that. I, I, I think I, I believe that. I mean, people, see, I do. this is, you know, as you, I, I think, um, I'm trying to, I don't remember when, when, I think you were on a few years ago. I don't remember if by that point, if I ever talked about being, uh, that I have been calling myself the terrorist therapist. And mm-hmm. I had my second book just came, terrorism book came out this year. It's the first book about terrorism for kids. It's called Lions mm-hmm. and Tigers and Terrorists. Oh my, how to protect your child mm-hmm. in a time of terror. So right. I am um, very, you know, I have been, since 9-11, <laughs> that changed my whole life, and I have been totally into trying to help people cope with terrorism, and now children. So there is no question, <laughs> and I'm sure you know this too, obviously, from your books and your research and everything, uh, there is no question but that there are terrorists coming in um, for, through the southern border. I mean, they're coming in every which way they can, including the southern border. I saw, I think it was um, Anderson Cooper, I was watching last night or the night before, well, I think he does this lots of nights, where he talks about that they try to make it seem that, um, that the terrorists aren't coming in through the southern border. Like, you need to have the name of terrorists who have come in in order to satisfy them. Um, that terrorists have come in through, more terrorists have come in through uh, airplanes and things like that. Well, there are terrorists coming in in lots of different ways, including the southern border, and that is um, particularly a dangerous spot that we, where we should be protecting ourselves, just like we have TSA. We should be pr- doing protection in every which way to protect all sides, all ways that they come in. I mean, it's, it's these, some of these things seem like, I can't believe that we're even talking about it. It's, it's such like, Obvious. It should be so obvious that it's just frustrating to have to even talk about it. Well, I agree with you totally. It, 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 it's amazing that we have to talk about whether or not our borders should be open or closed. Should we have control of our borders? And when somebody says to you that they believe we should have open border, we should get rid of border and immigration, border control and immigration, and just leave the take down all the crossing points and just let them come in. That's a person who, in my opinion, 
has mental health issues because they are not ra- they're not behaving rationally. They are not thinking about what the ramifications are if we have unrestricted access of foreign nationals to come into our country unvetted and unconcerned. And I, I think that it's, again, the American people, by and large, are on the president's side of this issue. Yes, they are not on the Democratic just, side you, of this you, issue. Yes. It's just that because of all the media being so pro-democratic, you, 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 know, you don't get that impression just from, from reading, listening to, watching the media. But, um, right. You know, I, I think another reason why it's, people don't want to hear about that terrorist coming in through the South is because um, people want to be in denial about terrorism. I'm sure you know this. People want to be in denial about terrorism and the threat of terrorism to America altogether. So um, to just bring it up as part of why we should have the wall, uh, you know, people like want to close their eyes and ears and, you know, it's what terrorists, right? There are no terrorists trying to hurt us. Right. In my first book in the trilogy, it's called A Terrorist Perspective, The Brotherhood, Brotherhood of the Red Nile, A Terrorist Perspective. And I wrote this first book because I honestly believed in, and proved by research. And I could ask, I, I, I wouldn't ask to embarrass you as much as I would ask to gain information. I've asked this question thousands on thousands and thousands of radio shows over the last five years. What do you think is the percentage of your listening audience has ever read the Koran or Sharia law? Uh-huh. Very, uh, maybe less than 1%. Okay. So if, let's just say that you're correct. If less than 1% of Americans have read the, the Koran or Sharia law, then they do not understand that in the religion of Muslim, of Islam, why they hate us so much and why they want to kill us that it's cast in their in their religious documents they believe that only muslims can enter into heaven and anybody else who is not a muslim is an infidel and they either have to be converted or killed period you you i'm sure you've had guests on your show or seen people on shows that have raised this question. Well, why is it that the moderate Muslims don't come out and do something about ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all these other groups? First of all, doctor, there is no such thing as a moderate Muslim. You either are a believer or you're a non-believer. And if you're a non-believer, then you're not a Muslim. You'll be shunned by the Muslim people. There is a provision of the law of, of Sharia law called Taqiyah. And that provision of the law governs how Muslims must interact with each other and with non-believers. Under Taqiyah, a Muslim, when they're dealing with a non-believer who is called an infidel, does not have to tell the truth, does not have to be honest in their trade and their relationships. So they can lie to us straight in our face when, in fact, they don't believe what they're saying. But if they're dealing with another Muslim, then they have very strict rules about how they must behave with each other. My point is that we have a situation where I, I did an, uh, co-authored an article. Uh, you can go to Clash Daily and find it. And it was with a, a Muslim from Iraq who left and converted And the two of us wrote an article on why Muslims will never assimilate into American culture or, for that matter, any other culture in the world. And the simple reason, again, their rules of their religion say that they are not permitted to associate with Christians or Jews. So if you're not allowed to assimilate with Christians and Jews... How are you going to assimilate into the American culture? Now, we were, we're going to talk about this new congresswoman who is a Muslim. And what, I, what is important to understand is that she was elected in a state, Michigan, which has a number of Muslim enclaves. And for your audience, 
that means that the, the communities are predominantly controlled by Muslims, and whenever possible, they're trying to replace Michigan law with Sharia law. And so yeah. when you look at that kind of situation, they're not yeah. assimilating into our culture. They are trying to separate our culture. The first children's book I wrote was called Peter the Little Irish Seal. I wrote it because my youngest son of four is married to an Irish woman, and they would have gone back to Ireland many times. And when they came back, they kept telling me that their relatives in Ireland were telling them how aggressive the Muslims are in Ireland to destroy Irish mm. and Celtic history, replace it with Muslim history, and change the law to Sharia law. So I wrote Peter mm. the Little Irish Seal to try and preserve a piece of Celtic mythology about a special creature who has the ability to shed his skin and become human, preserving a part of mm. Celtic history because it's mm. being destroyed not only in Ireland but in France and Germany and all the other places where yeah. the, the populations are growing dramatically. And so yeah. we, 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 we want to believe that they're going to assimilate. They're never going to assimilate. They're going to want to change. We have to change they don't change. Yet they are the most protected class. There's that music. Yes. Yes. Well, we'll, well actually, we'll, we'll, that's a good place to end and to come back to because then we can talk a little bit more about Rashida and um, how yes. dangerous this woman is. My guest yes. is Dan Perkins, and um, we're talking today about all of the scary things that are going on in the world um, and how... <laughs> The one man who is trying to make America great again um, is, uh, although a bull in a china shop, is trying to make this happen, and, and people are, are are so against him personally. By people, I mean people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and all that, uh, the Democrats, um, the that people. they are selling they are selling America down the tubes. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, here with Dan Perkins, author of The Brotherhood um, <laughs> Brotherhood of the Red Nile, a trilogy. Um, and we're talking about uh, to build or not to build the wall, and should Rashida's mouth be washed out with soap? 
anyone who, <laughs> I vote for that. Well, should her, her mouth be washed out with soap um, or should she be recalled? I actually say both of those things should happen. Rashida, we, we just began talking to her, talking about her before the break. She is one of the two, one of the new congresswomen women just elected. She is one of the two Muslim women who were just elected. And she has already made a name for herself, not in a good way, but in being the most uncouth, foul-mouthed Congress person uh, that there has been, starting off right after she was sworn in, calling uh, President Trump a mother effer (laughs) and and stating uh, in all her glory and stating boldly and proudly and and, um, defiantly that um, her goals are to get him impeached and to, um, she didn't use the word, well, I don't think she said exactly destroy Israel, but that is essentially what she meant. She was talking about Palestine, um, she's of Palestinian heritage, and um, she wants to wipe Israel off the map. And both of those things, now, you know, the, the, the chutzpah, to use a Jewish word, the chutzpah of someone coming in on their first day, I mean, she's, you know, no, um, no humility or no sense of maybe I should watch uh, how people do things in Congress, you know, I should try to, you know, um, maybe not make my, what I plan to do quite so obvious from the very first day or quite so defiant. I mean, she presumably ran on those platforms, but, but, but not quite so defiant on the first day. Maybe I should look at what the protocol is in Congress and how you're supposed to behave and how you're not supposed to use um, such foul language and so on. But, you know, that's the thing. I mean, to do this on the very first day, it shows, it shows a woman who is out of control. Besides, you know, um, my disagreeing, of course, with what she's saying, but it's just, it shows a woman who, who's uncouth and who has no sense of protocol and, um, and who um, is going to be like this for the, you know, I, I doubt that she's going to change her stripes unless they really come down hard on her, which it doesn't seem like they will. And she's getting a pass because she's Muslim. And she was able, uh-huh. she and her fellow, um, uh, the other woman who were, was Muslim, new, new congresswoman who was Muslim, they were both allowed, the big thing was made of how they were allowed to wear their dress and swear uh, on, the, on the Quran instead of um, the Bible. And, um, and, and she, yes, it got a lot of media attention, of course, uh, a congresswoman saying, mother, mother, I'll call the president a mother effer, um, but it got attention, but it didn't really get a lot of um, people saying, oh, my God, that's terrible, because, because of being, people were afraid to not be PC and to, you know, to be considered racist if they were saying something like that uh, about her. Uh, but, you know, now I know a little while ago we were talking about, or I was talking about how Trump was like a, a bull in a china shop, but that, that allowed him to, although it, you know, um, ruffled some feathers, it did allow him to get a lot done. So, you know, you could say, well, if he's able to be a bull in a china shop, what's wrong with him? He, never, he didn't call anybody, any, um, anyone, a mother effer. And, yes, he's had a couple of tweets, you know, of, um, but not, not that far. He didn't go that far, and he didn't have the nerve to, to, do, to call someone, you know, um, High up, uh, I mean, it, it just shows that that um, Rashida is, uh, as I said, out of control and truth. Um, you know, not really. We've never seen someone like this in our Congress. I mean, it's funny because when you think about, um, you know, some congressman. What was his name? I'm trying. The congressman who who um, resigned because he of. Women were saying that he was sexually harassing them. I forget his name. You know who I mean. There are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. Well, <laughs> well who was the most famous one about a year ago? Well, anyhow, I mean, I'm not saying that... that John um, Collier's up in Michigan. Good. John I'm Collier's sorry, in Michigan. John Collier's um, in I Michigan. Wasn't, I wasn't thinking of him, 
But um, yeah, there have been more. There has been more than one. Um, but mm-hmm. but and again, not, not to say that sexual harassment is okay by any means. Mm-hmm. But it's just mm-hmm. that they had sort of the decorum to. Um, and in in the case that I'm thinking of, I don't really know that that. I think he sort of jumped the gun. But in any case, um, they had the decorum to resign, whereas um, Rashida. She, she wouldn't think of resign. She doesn't have any decorum, and she wouldn't think about doing something like that, even though what she did was so inappropriate and embarrassed America all over the world. And what I think is particularly interesting is she um, she managed to make people fearful of Muslims. She she in in one swell swoop, <laughs> she managed to um, put a blight on Muslims by her acting so inappropriately um, that, you know, that's going to feed into Islamophobia, feed into prejudice against Muslims. Um, You know, the very thing that, that she wouldn't want, one would think, um, she managed to feed into herself by what she did. Okay. Um, I would, I would, I would agree with you that the way she behaved, was not what we consider to be acceptable behavior. But remember, she is from Michigan, a big stronghold of Muslim uh, areas all through the state, and they're, they're gaining more and more control in the state. So where I would somewhat... I don't know whether I could use the word disagree with you or not, but what I can say to you is that what she was doing was typically what Muslims do. They are very aggressive because we're infidels. And because we're infidels, they have a right to dictate to us the way we should live our lives and what we should do, and they should convert to the Muslim faith. So I'm not surprised... Uh, but I do agree with you that that um, the idea that we could have uh, a, a Muslim congressman, two Muslim congressmen, women, that they would be in a position to to um, uh, dictate right off the first day, as opposed to waiting to um, to get things done uh, and try and learn and understand. Um, what's going on? They uh, they didn't uh, they didn't wait because they were on a mission. They're on a mission to disrupt the paradigm and put themselves in front, put themselves in power, put them, give them influence, and uh, um, do whatever they needed to do. And so that's why she did what she did. Is that it was all I believe was all articulated and structured before she walked in the door. Well, you know, I I understand how when she was running um, that this was probably her big, uh, her platform to impeach Trump and to um, get Palestine to take over Israel, basically, or demolish Israel. Um, Right. But, you know, now she's, that was when she was in Michigan, and that was when she was trying to get elected. Sure. And and, um, that was... um, when you know, so she got all jazzed up on this platform, and all and lots of people clapping for her, and so on. And she took that with her, those memories with her, and and felt like it was okay to say what she was saying because she has all these people behind her. Well, that's all those people in Michigan, you know, and and that's great. And yes, they're hoping that they're gonna that she's gonna do these things for them, but but that's not America, and she's not there just to represent. Uh, her district. She's there to mm-hmm. think what's best for America as a whole. She's, she's supposed to be doing that in any case. Right. But, but look at what happened in New York with Cortez. Look how she, 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 she ran as a socialist under the Democratic banner. She didn't say she was just Democrat. She said she was a socialist running under the Democratic banner. And so she espoused all of these, these socialist ideas that got her elected, that made her popular across the country with other people in the Democratic Party who were socialist 
who were looking for an opportunity to change the paradigm. And she was doing the same thing that the, the lady in, in Michigan was doing. And, and I would suggest as the Muslim population grows in the United States, you will see more Muslims be elected to Congress. That's how they do it. And they come in and they ultimately take over a country. The country of France is about 13%, 11 to 13% Muslim, depending on how you count. But they, what they've done is they've created all of these enclaves all over, the, all over the country of France, and they're subdividing the country. And little by little, they're taking over the country. And all of a sudden, one day, the, the French are going to wake up and say, wait a minute, when did we become a Muslim country? It's the way they yes. work. Yes. Yes. And, you know, of course, getting back to the wall, that is uh, such an obvious lesson for all of us that the way this all happened is by them not regulating their borders. France, the UK, you were talking about Ireland, all these Germany, Belgium, all of these countries um, starting back a ways weren't paying attention to their borders. And so it's like a, it's smacking us or should smack us in the face that if we don't pay right. attention to our borders, the same thing is going to be happening. Exactly. I agree. You're absolutely right. Well, um, so I think we're out of time. Yes, <laughs> yes out of I'm, time. I'm kind of, um, I'm, just, I'm just looking at that. Tell people where they can, to give us your website. Website is danperkins.guru, G-U-R-U, and the books are available at Amazon.com or through your local bookseller. And uh, I want to thank you for having me on again. Hopefully it won't be as long the next time we're through. Yes, absolutely. So that's danperkins.guru. Dot guru, and, right, G-U-R-U, and the books are available at Amazon.com. Yes, and, um, and wherever bookstores are sold, they can, they can order your book. Well, thank you so yes, right. much. And I guess um, we'll have to see what... What happens tonight? <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank, thank you. you for and having thank me. you all for listening. Thank you. You're very welcome. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 